Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. It's very nice to be with you this afternoon. Do you have great courage in coming on a bank holiday with the sun shining outside? I would actually be in my balcony <laughs> rather than to have to go to church. That's why I've been honest, isn't it? Uh, but I really admire you for, for that. Um, let's let's uh, take a moment to be silent, uh, to be present to God. Let's imagine that Jesus is next to us and asking us, how are you today? Some of you are here with, you had a good week. And some of you um, might have to face difficult situations in the last week. The loss of somebody. Some of you are here because you knew somebody who's not with us anymore. And that brings a lot of memories and sadness and thanksgiving as well. So let's just space a few minutes just saying to Jesus how we are today. And, and now we want to ask him to lead us in this time that we will be able to listen to him, be open to what he has to say to us and be willing to change as a result of what we hear today. Lord, we thank you that you are interested in all of our lives, in what we do, in what we hope for, in our joys and in our sorrows. So we pray that you will now be with us and speak to us. Amen. I was just reflecting that I, I, you must have thought I was pretty rude by saying what I said, that I'd rather be in my balcony than be here. No, that's not actually true. Um, <coughs> my, my balcony is quite windy, actually. Uh, <laughs> um, so um, I just remember of somebody who, um, at the conference that I was in, in Argentina many years ago, uh, John Stott was speaking, of some of you might have heard of him, and uh, you know, it was a Baptist conference and John Stott is an Anglican, so the person who was presenting him was going on and on about how wonderful he was. And so, you know, you know, Argentinians tend to be a little bit too much at times, you know. And uh, so, <laughs> when John Stott stood up, uh, just to bring things a little bit down to earth, he said, well, I'd rather be in my bed than speaking to all of you. <laughs> so that brought the man to reality, you know, back to, he was an ordinary man, an Anglican minister, and he was there to, to speak. Uh, and he was quite elderly at that time. <clears throat> because English is my second language, I wouldn't mind at all if you don't understand something that you raise your hand and say, can you repeat that again? Okay, my children have a WhatsApp group where they share all my mistakes in English. So um, my self-esteem is quite good. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to look at Deborah. And, uh, you know, when, when Steve sent me this passage, I thought, 
oh my goodness, <laughs> there's a lot, you know, here that is quite violent. So I decided to concentrate on the first 10 verses. But more, more than that, I decided just to concentrate on one verse. Uh, I do believe that sometimes we can try to cover too much and go very little in terms of depth. So we want to have a little something of the scripture, but we want to go deep with it and see how it affects the way we live every day. The psalm says, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And this verse comes to me these days when we turn on the news and every day there is something that makes us feel a little bit more insecure. I tend to have the habit of checking the BBC app every morning for the news while I have my breakfast and then I can go and ponder about all what is happening. And it's not very encouraging. Of course, a lot of the news are made out, out of bad news, uh, but the way that things are going is quite frightening at times. And uh, so we can very easily uh, feel overwhelmed, feel that this, where is this going to end? And what we want to do this afternoon is to think about looking at things from a different point of view, from a different perspective. Um, let's talk a little bit about Deborah. I'm going to show you a clip later of a film that I like very much. And, uh, but let's talk a little bit before about Deborah. One of the things that struck me here is the verse th uh, three says that they were really frightened because these people, had, Sisera, had chariots fitted with iron. You know, nowadays we don't think too much about that, but iron was something that it was very powerful in those days. You know, the Israelites probably had very basic two, very weapons. So they were a mighty, a mighty group, and they were big in number. And when you read the news, the people who may move this world, they are mighty and very powerful and frightening at times. So we are more or less in the same situation. Okay, we as Jesus followers, we are in this situation that we find ourselves in a strange land, in a land where people don't accept anymore the values that they used to be the foundation. When I came to Ireland 35 years ago, it was a very different Ireland, and it has changed a lot. And there are some things that are very good. There are some things that are still a little bit concerning. So, uh, how can we live as Jesus followers in a world that is constantly changing and not so sure if it's changing from, for the best? Now, the verse that I want to concentrate is the ver verse five that it says that Deborah held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. Now, that's a translation from what we call the New International Version, which it wouldn't be a version that I tend to read. Uh, so I read the New Revised Standard Version, and it says she used to sit under the palm tree, under the palm of Deborah. She used to sit between the, under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel 
in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites came up to her for judgment. So if you sit under the palm tree, you must spend a lot of time in silence and solitude. Hmm? Yeah? So silence and solitude bring a lot of wisdom. So Deborah was obviously considered a wise woman, somebody who listened to God, somebody who was able to, be, to see beyond what was happening in front of her, somebody who, despite the circumstances, decides to trust what God has shown her. She knows her own limitations as well. She's not a soldier, so she recruits Barak for what God has shown her to do. And she is willing to take part in the fight, not by fighting, but by come alongside Barak, who says, I'm not going to go unless you come. Great guy, he recognized the woman was wise. She also knows and uh, makes clear to Barak that the victory won't be his. She's willing to speak the truth and acknowledges that ultimately the glory is going to go to God. That's a difficult one nowadays. I've, as I observe many leaders around the world, I think they are very eager to have the glory to themselves. And power is a big thing that they strive for, isn't it? So, and then we have Barak, who is, recognizes that Deborah is a wise woman, but also he's willing to go and fight even when he knows that nobody's going to thank him for. The glory is not going to go to him. A woman is going to be the group, and then the glory will be for God. And so, as they say here, fair play to him, isn't it? <laughs> to go and fight, to go and fight even when nobody's going to acknowledge. And that's another thing that it doesn't happen nowadays, isn't it? Leaders nowadays like to be told that they are great and that they have done a great job. And they'll sell you whatever to make you think that they are wonderful. Is that right? So... He is willing to go and to fight even when the glory is not going to go to him. So what struck me is that this woman, Deborah, spent a lot of time under this palm tree thinking and listening to God very carefully. I just want to show you a clip from a film that I recently watched again. We have a, some young adults. My husband and I are part of the Methodist Church in, in Abbey Street, and it's quite an international church with 20-something um, nationalities. And we have a small group of young adults, uh, two of Indian background, one uh, half, uh, half African, half Irish, and one Irish person. And once in a while, we, we meet and eat together, and we discuss what it means to follow with Jesus nowadays. So... Uh, the other night, we have watched this film together as part of our trying to understand how we live nowadays. Okay, so we're just going to watch the clip. Why do I stand up here? Anybody? To feel taller. No. Thank you for playing, Mr. Dalton. I stand upon my desk to remind myself that we must constantly look at things in a different way. See, the world looks very different from up here. 
You don't believe me? Come see for yourselves. Come on. Come on. Just when you think you know something, you have to look at it in another way. Even though it may seem silly or wrong, you must try. Now, when you read, don't just consider what the author thinks. Consider what you think. Boys, you must strive to find your own voice. Because the longer you wait to begin, the less likely you are to find it at all. Thoreau said most men lead lives of quiet desperation. Don't be resigned to that. Break out. Now don't just walk off the edge like lemmings. Look around you. There. There you go, Mr. Christie. Thank you. Yes. Dare to strike out and find new ground. Now, in addition to your essays, I would like you to compose a poem of your own, an original work. Oh. That's right. You have to deliver it aloud in front of the class on Monday. Bon chance, gentlemen. Mr. Anderson. Don't think that I don't know that this assignment scares the hell out of you, you mole. <laughs> Why did I put that clip? Because Deborah made me think about looking at things in a different way. Robin Williams is a teacher in a school where uh, everything is very strict and he does things very different. And he invites the students to stand on the desk to be able to, lead, to see things in a different way. And I think as Jesus followers, we need to find our desk where we stand and see things differently. And what do I mean by this? I'm talking about Deborah and the way that she was able to listen to God and she was able to discern what was the next step. So here is, are some things that I would like to invite you. We live in a world, in the Western world, where faster is considered better. Where silence is considered something to be afraid of. I ran once per, once per year, run a silent retreat for a day. And some people said, ah! When I did my training for, to become a spiritual director, I had to do the minimum of four days of silence. And I did six days of silence. And you know what the biggest problem was? The problem wasn't that I couldn't talk. The problem is that my mind wouldn't, wouldn't stop talking. And it took three days until everything came down. And then I was able to enjoy the silence. Meeting once per day my spiritual director, with whom I talk about my prayer, and then going back to my room or to walk. We ate in silence. Uh, and it was a wonderful experience. So we live in a society where silence is considered something to be afraid of. If you, you are silent, what's happening? What's happening within me? I'm afraid of discovering something that I'm not, and, and I don't like. We are under so much pressure, so bombarded with the news of different events that we find it hard to gain perspective. We almost seem to get sucked in all of these violent thoughts and retaliations from countries to countries, injustice in different parts of the world, homelessness, and in a world that is run constantly in a reactionary world, way. 
One leader says one thing, and the other says, well, I'm going to do such a thing. Very un-Jesus. Hmm? Very, very un-Jesus. It is imperative as Jesus followers that one in, once in a while we find our palm tree or our desk. To be able to listen to God and to see the world from his perspective. That will, that's what will keep us going. He is writing the story. Even when the news might tell you one thing or another, he is the one who's writing and he knows where it's going. We just need to be paying attention. We take time to be in silence or in solitude, not to escape from the world and from the problems, but to know how to cooperate with God in what God is doing. You see, even our very good intentions of doing things for God, it might not actually be what God wants us to do. Ever read trans the, the passage on transfiguration? Peter wants to build an alt three tents. And Jesus said, I don't need three tents. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> Silence and solitude give us wisdom and discernment. And wisdom and discernment come from stopping once in a while and looking at our lives with Jesus as our companion. It's like Jesus sitting next to me and saying, okay, Jesus, how do you think I might live in my life? What, what, what would you say? What are the things I need to change? You just tell me. In silence and solitude as well, we don't come to God with, with an agenda. Even when the agenda might be good. I am there for Jesus, not for me. I have an appointment with Jesus and I'm going to keep it. And he's the one who's going to speak, not me. Remember the story of Mary and Martha? Martha was doing very good things for Jesus, but Jesus wasn't. Jesus said, it's okay, Martha. Mary has chosen the best bit. She's just sitting here, and she's just listening to what I have to say. Through silence and solitude, we learn about strength and our weaknesses, and where God still needs to work in us. We, le we learn how to move forward. Deborah found the way forward by being there with God and then knowing, well, who I do I have to talk to do this and how we are going to go about it. We become people who live counterculturally. We are not always being shaped by the world around us, but by God and his purposes. Silence and solitude teach us dependency on God and helps us to see that everything that we might learn, any, gr excuse me, any growth in us, they're always gifts from God. And then the glory always goes to him. I remember meeting Richard Foster. I don't know how many, how many of you heard of him. I remember meeting Richard Foster, and he really impressed me. His life was very, very full of calmness and joy. And after he shared, somebody asked, you know, Richard, how do you avoid not to fall into pride? And he said, because you always remember that it's a gift. I don't produce that. It's God working in me, so God takes the glory. 
And silence and solitude were modeled by Jesus. I always used to wonder, you know, that in, in the scriptures it says that Jesus spent the whole night praying. I was thinking, was he talking all the time? My goodness. You know, I couldn't do that. And I realized that Jesus was there, probably in silence, sometimes talking, but just with the Father, trying to listen what the Father wanted and working with him. In a practical way, what, what does it look like if we practice this? Well, I'm just going to give you a few examples of my own stories, okay? First of all, I want you to uh, think about a word that is the word retreat. A lot of people think about retreat. I said to my husband, people think about retreat going somewhere else to continue working. You change just the scenery. But really a retreat, when we invite people to a retreat, usually it's a silent retreat or with very little talking because the idea is to create a space for people to be able to listen to God. And out of that listening, then you will know what you have to do. Okay, so how do we deal, for example, when we have a conflict on a or a disagreement? Some months ago, I had a problem. Somebody had done something that really upset me, offended me. And to be honest, I was not pretty happy. And if I could have had the person in front of me, I would have been pretty angry. Thank you, James. You're, you can relate that. Yeah, you understand that. Yeah. And uh, so I talked to the person over the phone. I put the phone and I was pretty angry. But I remember a phrase that the Celtic monks used to say that says, go to your cell and your cell will teach you everything. So my cell is the spare bedroom. <laughs> so I sat in my chair and I said, okay, Lord, this is it. And I just stayed there in silence for a while. And then I did a small reading. And in the reading, the reading was written by John Wesley. And in there, he talked about how to deal with conflict. And he's saying, when you have a dispute, that what you have to do is to talk to the person in a way that you're actually bringing benefit to the person to grow. So I thought about that. So the person then contacted me, and we met. And I didn't say anything of how angry I had been until the right time I felt it was to say it. So I said it. And I said, look, I have worked with Jesus on this. And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you because I want you to grow as a result of that, this. I, don't, I didn't want to do it out of self-pity or hurt. I had to deal with that with Jesus first. And then I was free to go and deal with a person in a way that it was honoring to Jesus and of benefit to the person. So that was one in, in one uh, situation. Then a while, a while back, I was reflecting, and I think you have the Vox magazine there, so I don't know if that's the, the one that has the article. But I, I was watching um, in Netflix. We haven't got the television, but we... I have an iPad and I watch Netflix. And there was uh, um, one program about cooking. I think it was a chef's table of a Buddhist monk, a woman. 
and how integrated her Buddhism and her cooking were. And it made me think, you know, how integrated is my life as a Jesus follower? Will somebody look at me and say, wow, how is it that you live the way you live? So I started thinking about that, and I wrote different things that I thought they were appropriate to the times that we live and that I would like to live my, by this myself with God's help. The first one is regarding technology, which is a big thing in our lives. So I wrote, use technology for your benefit. Do not let technology use you. Live without a sense of urgency. Not all texts, emails, Twitters, need to be replied immediately. Have the courage to say things face to face. Do not hide behind a text or an email. Eat well. Don't eat too much or too little. Use food, exercise as they were meant to be. Joyful occasions. Don't be obsessed one way or another. Don't allow money to become your master. It doesn't matter how much or how little you have. If you spend too much time thinking about it, it is controlling you. Work should be viewed as a way of providing, not as a way of making you a slave. Treat those who are different from you, from other countries and cultures with respect but also be respectful of those within Christianity who don't think like you. So that was my reflection after a time of silence. I'm not always very good at following, but they're helpful to have. And my invitation is try to listen to your life by making space. It doesn't have to be a whole day. It doesn't have to be in silence. Just take a walk along the canal if you live near a canal. Find your desk or your palm tree, basically, where you can say, God, how, how am I doing here? And it's not about that God will say, oh, good or bad, but it is about living with Jesus as the one who knows how to live well. You see, we always, the tendency is always to look at this thing and says, oh my gosh, this is all hard to do. And then we become all uptight and we become, oh, we have to do it. No, no, this is not about that. This is to invitation to something much higher. You see, when we live at this level, we are living at the level that everybody else is living. When we follow Jesus, we live at this level. And we see things from there, from the desk. And despite that, all that is happening here, God continues his writing his story, and he, he will bring it to the end. We just need to listen to him and cooperate with him in what he's already doing all the time. He's active all the time. So let's just close now. And we think that the, this passage of Judges is a good one. Deborah was a good judge. Lord, we thank you for your scriptures. 
We thank you that no matter how long ago they were written, there is always something to learn. Because there is one thing that has not, not changed in all these years, and that is humanity. We all seek power, control, we all want to be thankful for, and you want to show us, Lord, that the free way, the light way to live is to follow the Jesus way, which is light and full of freedom. And we thank you for him, for his example, as a person who was able to listen and work with the Father all the time, who lived an unhurried life. Though he was busy, there was no urgency. We thank you, Lord, for the way that he modeled how to love you and how to love your, the neighbor. That he never allowed himself to be sucked or shaped by the culture around him. We thank you, Lord, for this, and we pray that you will give us the strength to live in that way, that we will be news to those who are around us. Amen. <laughs>